Welcome to episode 30 of Ear to the Streets podcast with an, uh, a nice dog that I can hear in the background. <laughs> it's fine. Start, I can start over. No, no, it's fine. Let's leave it in. Let's keep it authentic. Um, uh, introduce yourself, first of all, and your your companion that you have with you in the room. Oh, my goodness. Hello, um, I'm Kinoa, and this uh, this loud little lady is, is Bo, my dog, who's excited because... Uh, she can see other dogs outside and wants to know why why she's not out there playing with them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh she probably just wants to get outside in the sun like everyone else. She does. And she's been out all morning, so you know, she can just chill for a minute. It's fine. Do you know what was, was crazy as well? We we did our first episode together almost a year to the day. Yes, I was looking back at that and I was thinking, oh, that's a different place. That's over a year ago now. Yeah, literally to the day. I think the first one was like the 28th of March. Um, So uh, we obviously didn't record it on that day, but that's the day that it came out. But um, yeah, give give me something to to, talk about. What, What have you been up to sort of since we last spoke? So it's been a bit of a roller coaster year, really. Um, what's happened in the last year? So 2021, I think I thought was going to be um, the year of getting back out there, um, doing gigs and um, experimenting as well. I sort of um, started working with more producers abroad. And um, my thing was, let's just like suck it and see. Let's try lots of different things. I was getting into into disco as well. Yeah. So I was like, I want to see where this disco thing goes because I really enjoy making it. Um, but what actually what in fact uh, ended up happening was that people didn't really go back to gigs. So a lot more a lot more of music was still online, um, which I thought was interesting. I thought people would be kind of, yeah, eager to, to get back out there, but they were still cautious last year. I don't know if you remember, we still had masks and we still had um rules in place and i know lots of people who did book gigs ended up getting them cancelled yeah so it's interesting to see kind of expectations versus the reality for on the gig side uh and then for me on the music side i brought out quite a few more singles but i did them in quite quick succession i did sort of one a month um which i i found i found quite hard to keep up with in the end and i sort of felt this pressure no one was putting pressure on me other than myself but i thought oh if i've you know i'm i'm slacking i need to bring something out every month every month um and actually about halfway through the year maybe got to like july august i was like well there's no point bringing something out for the sake of it just to keep up this consistency because i think as artists, especially as independent artists and creators, and you probably find this as well, is that if you're not consistent with the content you put out online, you feel like the algorithm mm. on these social media platforms sort of forgets about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can get caught up in putting stuff out and putting stuff out and having that quantity. And and I found that I was losing the quality and I was just sort of make, trying to make stuff for the sake of it, which um, which just obviously sort of loses the, the point of the whole thing. So um, I decided to sort of give myself a little break uh, and and come back this year with a bit more focus and having a bit more intention behind what I'm doing. So I might not be putting stuff out every month now, but when I do put stuff out, I really love it and I've really thought about it. And yeah, some things I've worked on and then just thrown them away because I don't like them enough to put them out. But yeah, just focusing on that on that quality this year. Yeah, because we, we spoke about that last time. I remember 
we were saying mm-hmm. quality over quantity and um and I think you've done it the right way because I think you know we we sort of I think when we last spoke Stockholm syndrome had just come out if not that yeah. same week or sort of around that same time but since then you've dropped summer summer flower boy um you've worked mm. collaborate with um another artist on divine plant yeah. seeds drive away which is sort of that disco kind of vibe that you was just talking about so you've put out enough for me i would say in terms of what i would expect from an artist and we were saying before last year that you know, some artists just put out music for the sake of putting it out because it's just, it's just out there. And, and, you know, they just want to be not relevant because yes, you want to be relevant, but you want to be. Yeah, I get what you mean. They're kind of jumping on the trends. And right now um, I was speaking to someone the other day and we're seeing this whole, um, uh, speaking to to Deepa, I think actually about, uh, especially in rap, there's this whole trend now of sampling an old, like early 2000s, pop track or, yeah, yeah. or a 90s pop track um and having that as your hook as your chorus and then adding a rap over a rap verses to it um and lots of people people jumping on it not because they they've created something original or they like this you know paying um tribute to the song they're sampling or they've got some connection to it it's just like okay this is what's hot this is what's trending right now um and yeah, it just feels a little bit soulless at that point. Because mm, I think sometimes as well, some of these artists, they're just given the the beat. They're not, they don't know the background. Um, I can't remember who I was talking I talked to someone anyway, and they they didn't realise a particular beat was sampled from an original of a, another beat and another oh. production. And they were like, oh, I didn't even realise that. But I think that's just because, I mean, I'm probably a lot older than a lot of people that I speak to. But, you know, I, I remember originals before i hear like you know a certain artist and um in a way it is a shame because it kind of loses the the art like it kind of loses that momentum for the art that's underneath it and you know if the artist who's on it doesn't even understand the history of what they're on it kind of it loses i I just kind of lose all sense of like interest to that artist if that makes sense yeah no i get what you're saying and um I kind of see both sides of the coin because on one side it's like, yeah, it's a shame that they're, they're kind of not, they don't know the, the things they're sampling perhaps, or like somebody's not explaining to them, this isn't completely original, you know, we are um, uh, taking this sample from here. But on the other end, if they are, you know, if they don't know that song or if they're maybe on the, maybe they're a bit young or they just never introduced to that style of music before, um, I feel like we can't really, you know, I can't really put blame on, on someone for not knowing, um, or yeah, the original. Yeah. Like it's also nothing's original either. There's always going to be, um, influence or like, you know, I've taken chords and things and progression that I've like found in other songs. I'm like, Oh, I really enjoyed that. That works. That's cool. I'm going to, I'm going to take that twist it and, and put my stamp on it and put it out. So I don't think it's, yeah, it's not really, completely fair to say um put, put blame on people for not knowing because nothing's original anyway mm, it's true um, it's a good point yeah i think there's there's that aspect of, of jumping on the trend because the, because it's what's being played on the radio that's like you can do that but then that's what you're known for kind of jumping on the trend rather than giving us something new and you're not it's, i'm not excited about that mm. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, you spoke about gigging and this is kind of like mm. segues into something else I want to talk about. But do you think 
after the pandemic, after COVID, I think we touched on COVID in our last episode, but do you feel like, not that gigging's dying out because I don't think that will ever be a thing. Like there's, there's some people that just go to gigs and that's their, almost their religion to go to gigs. But do you feel like it's kind of dying down now that we're in this sort of social media world where, you know, you can do a gig online, in, in, you know, and probably make just as much money doing it, you know, face to face, like face to face. Do you feel like, the gigging world or the environment because of COVID, because of, you know, the restrictions that have been in, do you think it's kind of died down and it's, it's just impacted a lot of businesses, a lot of companies, a lot of artists? Yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't say it's died down. I'd say it's changed. It's, it's transitioned and it's morphed because, um, a lot of the artists I know that are a little bit bigger and, um, can draw in a crowd are still playing gigs all the time um, to big audiences, you know, festivals, doing like university circuits, that kind of thing. Um, but on the smaller end, the people who are just just starting off or wanting to do little local local gigs, I do think those have gone away. I'm not seeing people playing as many smaller shows. I'm seeing more people focusing on if I'm going to gig, I want to do it do it at a festival. I want to do it to um, a larger crowd as, as part of something else, part of sort of a series of events. I'm not seeing as many one-off gigs as I used to. Um, and maybe that's because I don't gig as much as I, as much as I did before, but I think that's, that's been the fallout of the pandemic is that people, people aren't going out as much. And what I always say to people is I don't like gigging in the winter because it's so miserable. It's, it's freezing cold. No one wants to come out. Um, you know, it's around Christmas. No one has any money that they want to spend anyway. So I don't want to drag people out, you know, if, if, um, if a bit, bit tight on money that month. So I always wait till summer and then try and plan and book in gigs and, you know, apply for festivals and that kind of thing. So I think it's, um, gigs are still about, definitely still about, but they've changed and they're, and uh, as you said, people doing gigs online now, seeing people on um instagram live and that kind of thing saying oh i'm gonna do a i'm gonna do a uh, an instagram live session on you know, saturday 8 p.m or, or sunday in the afternoon seeing a lot more of that now rather than i'm playing down the pub it'll be i'm playing on my sofa um mm. at this time tune in and i think it is it's actually a lot more accessible i'm probably more likely to get more people watching a live than coming down to a pub where they might have to travel for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is across, across town or for people who aren't even in the same city or country, but want, want to view you, want to see you play, they can just, you know, tap their phone and there you are. So. Mm, yeah. It seems like it's changed a lot. And I feel like even I was speaking to someone about radio because, you know, years ago radio was the thing. It was like the place where, yeah. You know, you would always have to be on the radio or you'd have to get that sort of co-sign from the radio. But mm. I was speaking to someone and I was saying, I feel like social media is that new co-sign now. Like the, the social media world is the radio. Of, uh, yeah, of I think I think TikTok is the new radio, yeah. to be honest. If you've got a song that does well on TikTok and people you don't even know are using your, your soundbite to create like a dance that goes viral, that's basically the new radio. Yeah hang on yeah it's crazy because obviously you know i mean radio is still around obviously um it's just yeah. crazy to think that people you know i grew up on radio i grew up on pirate radio i grew up on national radio recording the top 40 on a sunday and all these other things oh, and yeah. and uh it's just it's weird because um 
like obviously even like MTV Base, like I was reading the other day, MTV Base is being decommissioned. It's no longer going to be a channel. Um, wow, this is things, but it's YouTube. You know, you think about YouTube now. That is the new MTV Base. It, you know, you, no one goes yeah. to look at MTV Base. They just see YouTube, and it's accessible. Like you just said, you know, mm. going to a gig, you haven't got to leave your house to go and. But for me, it's not the same experience because. Yeah. even just going to the gig like the pre-drinks and getting to the venue you know the atmosphere yeah like yeah. you can't get that through a screen or you can't get that you know watching on your ipad for me it's being in the room that sort of intimacy with the artist in you know that connection with an artist and just vibing with other people you don't you can't get that through an ipad or just sitting all around you know you're around the tv watching it. it it's not the same yeah and that's actually exactly what i've found when I've done those Instagram lives or done a story at TikTok or something, it is quite a weird feeling. Um, uh, even though I'm not, no, I'm not, um, I would say I'm not old, but you know, I've, I've obviously <laughs> been on social media and stuff, yeah, yeah. but speaking to a camera as if it's a person still feels weird. Um, whereas I think people in the young, like younger than me, maybe like coming up to their, uh, 20s or early 20s they would probably find it a bit more natural to talk to a camera as if it was a person but I'm similar to you in that I think I would rather even it's a bit more scary play to a room full of people than just play to basically my phone um and have to make little jokes and things because you because you're not speaking to someone you can't really interact in the same way but you've got to think about it from people are watching me you know they're they're still going to be, they're still the humans behind, behind the screens. Um, so it's weird. You've got to kind of drop these anecdotes, drop these stories and, and crack jokes during your performance that if you were in a room with someone, I'd crack a joke, people would laugh. And then I'd be like, okay, well that's obviously hit. That's resonated. People understand what I'm saying, but you don't get the engagement um, mm. or not in the same way. You might get comments or something, but it's not, it's not the same as, as a live performance in that sense. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the sort of lack of atmosphere and that, that whole excitement of it being an event that you go to, you prepare for, you know, you pick out your outfit, who's going, where is it? How do we get there? And then it's, it's an experience. It's a memory that lives on that. I think, yeah, we are probably going to, people are going to miss that element. Um, the more that things more that gigs are online and we and we lose the smaller gigs mm. yeah it's true man it's true let, let, i want to talk about the part you sort of mentioned in early, earlier um it's from yeah. i think it's from northwest london i've heard a bit about him mm-hmm. um and how did that collaboration for um for divine come about because i think i'm i'm sure i spoke to you last last year around collaborating with rappers it might not have been you but i think it was um it yeah but i mean Depart. You're a very talented artist like yourself as well but how did that collaboration come about how did the song come about as well yeah Depart is a really cool guy really interesting guy I think yeah if you get the if you get the chance to to have him on the show you should um should hit him up um I'm actually just scrolling back on my phone to remind myself <laughs> how it all began um because I'm pretty sure he reached out to me and I haven't um worked with a rapper in a while mm prior to that um nothing against rappers i just kind of wasn't doing the right the right genre for them um and i'm just it seemed to work though because even listening to the song like you just complement each other 
on the song and it just it just works and i'm sure i remember speaking maybe not maybe not on the podcast but i'm sure i've spoke to you about collaborating with rappers because you know like most rappers they need like a, a female vocalist a female artist oh, on the they song want, yeah <laughs> they want, yeah. yeah exactly so you must be inundated with like requests just to sing this hook call you know sing this this verse or these backing vocals but it, it seems to work on divine because you know you just both complement each other really well and even his even what he's saying in a song complements what you know it works really well together yeah funny enough you should say that i actually get a lot of messages from rappers over in america yeah i can um, imagine yeah who'll send me their thing and it's a bit weird because i, I we've got totally different slang it will be rappers from like florida rappers from california wherever so um I have to like literally Google the slang that they include in their things. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so let me just check before <laughs> I put my name on anything, what they're actually saying. Um, so I, I think I've, I've only collaborated with um, a couple of uh, rappers from the States um, for that reason, because when you can't, I guess, relate to what someone's talking about, you know, if they're rapping about like guns and bitches, like I, don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, yeah. I can't relate to that. That's not my life. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 100%. Probably not even their life either. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what worked well with Deepak was that he was speaking about something I, I could relate to. Um, and we, we had a chat about what we actually wanted to communicate. What was the song about? Because I wanted to mix in wordplay, which I knew he liked, but let's make sure that we're both singing from the same hymn sheet and that, what I um you know because when you have a collab where you're both doing the vocals you kind of want it to be a conversation yeah, um, yeah. Or, or you're complimenting each other so you know how in like um Nelly and Kelly like Dilemma that's the kind of um I think of as like the gold standard for collabs is that there's a whole storyline there and they're speaking to each other and it all fits together and makes sense so mm. that's what I wanted to do um i've just scrolled back on my phone and found that he he reached out to me last april okay um yeah and he's like i've been looking i've been looking for a female vocalist um your sound is perfect for the project would you be interested and yeah i got to talking and i was i because i get quite a lot of these messages i'm i was like well you know you you're obviously a good rapper you've got you've got um some good tracks but first but let me hear the the track before i say yes to it because sometimes you hear the tracks and you're not really feeling yeah, it. yeah yeah but i heard the beat and i was like you know what? i really like the smoothness of this beat this sort of like lo-fi style mm. something i wanted to to have sort of experiment with and do a bit more of and i think yeah it, it just worked because we could we could have that um that back and forth within the song yeah, definitely. And it, like I said, it compl you complement each other well. I think the production of the beat is spot on. Again, that complements both of you as well. But um, yeah, if you have, if guys, if you haven't listened to that, then yeah, make sure you check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever um, streaming platform you use. Uh, Divine, very, very good song. But let's talk about inter International Women's Day, which was recently, uh, 8th of March, I think. It was, yeah, well remembered. See, I did write it down, but I'm not going. I'm not going to take credit <laughs> for the memory. But um, no, I wanted to talk about it because um, it, you know, it kind of goes. I mean, it's getting better, but I still think it's something that doesn't really get spoken about, especially in music as well. I think it is getting better, but 
first of all, what does it mean to you? Because obviously, you know, you're a woman. So what does International Women's Day mean to you? But also, do you feel like in the music industry and even just like what you said, actually, sorry, this is a very long question, but even like you said, um, you know, you just get rappers sort of wanting like the hook, you know, that kind of cliche hook from a female artist. Do you feel like sometimes, obviously you're a lot more than that. There's a lot more that you can offer as an artist than just a, a hook or, you know, just adding in a couple of vocals here and there. But do you feel like women get enough credit in the music industry, I suppose is what I'm asking. Um, but also what does International Women's Day mean for you personally? It's a good question. Um, yeah, thank you for raising the point. I think we, we both know women don't get enough credit. <laughs> um, it's also they don't get enough opportunity uh, more than more than the credit side. Don't get the awards and don't get the recognition. But it's also... Um, having a seat at the table, being in the studio, making the decisions from, from the get go. And also on the sort of label side of things, um, on, on not just the, the, um, women who are artists, but also women who are producers, um, executives, the people in power making decisions that will influence the music industry. Um, there's not enough women in those positions and there's not enough uh, people in those positions listening to uh women's opinions so i think that's a big part of it in terms of what international women's day means to me um it means lots of things i think it's not only celebrating uh women um in the industry but also just recognizing um the inequity that we have around the world um, cause obviously my experience as a white woman in the UK is going to be very different to other women's experiences mm. uh, in different countries, um, women from different backgrounds, women with disabilities, uh, women with children that with all different experiences. Um, so I think there's lots of within international women's day to consider that it's international women's day. It's not just women's day thinking about women around the world and how can we make life easier and fairer for, for every woman, um, not just women in the UK, women in America, women in Europe, but women everywhere. So I, I tend to like to focus more on um, the progress that's been made around the world and also what we need to do and what I can do with the privilege that I have. How can I help women, other women? How can I help you know, younger women, how can I help uh, uh, women from different backgrounds, disabled women, um, women in the LGBTQ community? Mm. Um, how can we pull together and help each other and lift each other up? So I think that's what International Women's Day has been about to me. And it's nice to see a lot of men talking about it, um, like passing the mic, as it were, and asking women, or well, what? What, how can we help? What can we do? That's going to be the only way that we all improve things. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, I think even recently I was on another podcast and I don't know if you've heard about uh, Child Q, like the people yes. that was, you know, pulled out of an exam and sort of, um, insane. you know, like... Insanity. Not even just to touch on that, but it, I, I, now I've brought it up, I feel like I have to, but I, I still can't, I haven't read the report, all of it, because I just can't. And just I don't understand it I just don't you know I know there's 
you know loads that I probably don't know about the the whole case and what's gone on because I, I just haven't read into it properly but from what I do know it's such a crazy crazy thing um you know a young woman uh sort of to go through that at that age is not just traumatizing now but even in 10 20 years 30 years from now you know that's still probably going to traumatize it just as much as it did two years ago when it happened so um you know that's crazy and even thinking about some countries you know women weren't even allowed to drive up until a couple of years ago you know like there's so much more that and me because not not that I'm ignorant to it but I just don't know enough about you know what happened so I like to get women on and, and and get them to tell me and educate me not just me other men who listen to the podcast and and all of that stuff because it's there's a lot to unpick from it and like you just said you know you like to use the privileges that you feel that you have just as a man I suppose I you know I want to make sure that these kind of topics are discussed um sometimes in greater detail I think you know it, it's a shame that you know, I haven't got a platform where I can just spend hours and hours talking about it because I think there's loads to unpack from it. Um, even, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well, because I think, I can't remember where it is. It might be like Croatia or somewhere, but there's a female festival. And I think this is down to the fact that there's been a lack of female artists um, on sort of, you know, the, the mainstream sort of festivals that happen every year. I, I don't even want to name any because I don't, I can't remember. I don't really know how to name any anyway my point is that there isn't many female artists like you said as well in terms of awards and things like that but there's a i'm sure there's a female festival that's been put on but i feel like there should be more of that but i feel like they shouldn't need there shouldn't be the need to do that as well if that makes sense yeah do you yeah know what I mean? it should it shouldn't, um, it shouldn't have to happen it shouldn't there should gen i mean you think there should be some form of quota i mean we don't nobody likes a quota but if everyone on the headline is, or everyone on the lineup is a man, then you've gone wrong somewhere. Mm. Um, yeah, and I saw a festival being celebrated for having 60% women. I was like, but that's not even, that's not even that high. That's just over half. Mm. That should be sort of good, but not celebrated. Um, but just stepping back to what you, what you were saying about um, Child Q and kind of being aware of, things of the way of the world as a woman I found it's quite it's quite gut-wrenching and also I don't know if you remember the um Sabina Nessa yeah, yeah. case yeah. that happened literally 10 minutes down the road from me in in Kibbrook Park um I think uh, there's there's lots of things that we can do as a community but what would be helpful for not only musicians or people in the music industry listening to know um is that if you've i don't know if you've seen that that um mayor of london campaign recently it was a video about kind of speaking to your boys if you're a guy and you've got guy mm. mates yeah uh, i think i've seen boys, an advert kind of, i've seen yeah, an advert and he tells the campaign he came out last week yeah, yeah. i can't remember what it's called but it's basically sort of calling out the bad behavior even if you're just kind of shouting at a woman or yeah yeah you know, calling out names it's calling out that bad behavior as, as a first step and something that I want to do with my um I do it with my younger uh, female relatives already but eventually we'll have kids one day have daughters I think raising them with the knowledge and the skills to defend themselves be aware of, of where they are um 
but not afraid, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. being self-aware, but not scared and having those sort of, oh gosh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yes, she agrees. Aware. agrees. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's also, is so much value in knowing how to defend yourself. Mm. So I've always, always someone, right? <laughs> um so i think i think learning about things like self-defense you know raising raising not only your, your daughters to know about it but your sons to to protect and, and look after women and vulnerable people is is a sign of strength and is a sign of of bravery and, and power yeah and i think that's i mean you know i've got a daughter i've got a son so you know i think as they get older the conversations will start very soon. You know, they're only four and, uh, well, my daughter's nearly three. She's three next week, but, um, so they're only very young, but even now at this age, I'm already starting to think, right. When do I have a particular conversation with my daughter about, you know, being aware of, you know, how, um, even, even I do, you know, sometimes I, there's certain things I say to her that, you know, I ask, you know, there's certain things she's in nursery there's men in the nursery there's boys in the nursery already um so there's certain conversations that i already have with her just to start those conversations already so as she gets older um you know she's aware of why i've been speaking you know the last 10 15 20 years to her about these things and same with my, my boy as well you know i make sure that he understands what he can and can't do already um but i also think there's a flip side to that in terms of because i was speaking to someone else about child um, child q and saying you know we need to make sure we educate our kids to understand what the police can and can't do as well because um you know you uh, not to say that you want them to go around and be fearful of the police or to feel like they're they're able to it's a thin line because you don't want them to feel like they they should be afraid of the police, but also to think that they can treat the police in any way they feel they need to. There's a thin line because you need to understand the laws of what the police can or can't do. And I think, you know, that is a prime example of, you know, a child just not aware of the fact that the police just don't have the right to take you into a room and, and search you down um, in the conditions and the, the, the way that they did with her. So it, it, it's a, it, there's a lot to, Right? And yeah, in yeah. any country, we, and we think of that more in the context of America, but it's just as important here. We've seen in the last year, you, yeah, we've given examples, even like Sarah Everard case last year, you know your rights and like, and then you can't be exploited and taken advantage of. Um, and, and I mean, it's just awful what's happening to children. We shouldn't have to teach this to our kids, but the reality of it of it is that we do to protect them and equip them with the skills and the knowledge. It's so funny because, well, it's, oh, it's not funny, it's a wrong word to use, but it's ironic because um, I always think of that Jay-Z song, 99 Problems. Mm, yeah. You know, where he's like, I know my rights, like, what are you doing? Like, it's, and I'd never heard anybody talk about that in a song. I think he he actually drops quite a lot of wisdom in his in his songs. Oh like, yeah, from from for, the very start. Yeah, yeah, from the very first album. And this is why I think a lot of people, for me personally, I had to go back and listen. I, I mean, I always listen to to Jay Z. He's one like my favorite artist. But go back and just listen because there's so much gems being dropped. You miss a lot of them, and then you have to go yeah. back and re listen and re listen. But you're 100 percent right. You know. Um, 
you know, those kind of songs are not just powerful in, in the way that they're made, but the message that's behind them as well. But um, speaking of messages and powerful and, and, and good songs, uh, Women Are Medicine, latest release. Yes. Kind, yeah, of, kind, going for... kind of ties into what we've just been talking about, to be fair, but... It does, yeah. But break down the song for me and for us and, and the reasons behind it and, and what the message is behind the song as well. Sure, yeah. So Women of Medicine is essentially is about how women are powerful in that women can be healers. Traditionally, we probably think of women as 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 our mothers as wives sisters as sort of nurses when you think of a nurse you barely ever people think of of men obviously there are male nurses but a lot of times people think of women as the primary caregivers um which which people don't attribute to as something of a symbol of strength even though you know the act of giving birth it requires such strength, not even not just mental, physical strength to get through it. I don't think women get enough credit for just how strong they are. Yeah. And that's sort of something that I wanted to to kind of touch on because um the song in itself, if you listen to it, it sounds quite sexy and sensual. But what I'm saying in the lyrics are that that w- that women can give you this care and raise you and help you grow. And that is in itself a power. It's a powerful, it's a medicine. Um, And yeah, so I think people think of like, oh, you know, that, oh, that's, that woman's a mum. Oh, that's sweet. It's not sweet. It's like fucking impressive. Yeah. It's it's powerful. And it's something that um, people don't associate with, with strength. So I wanted to put that, put that perspective on it it's like having that thick skin isn't it around you know that layer of thick skin and and just taking on the world almost you know um mm. it being it being a powerful woman um yeah. I almost i hate using this word but not not normalizing do you know what i mean like it's weird like not to say that it's just a normal thing for a woman to, to give birth but it's like yeah. women are actually acknowledging actually acknowledging yeah 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 that, that. the strength it requires yeah, and like yeah. that's this badass like not not everyone can do it um and not everyone can can give care either so i think it's um yeah it requires a lot of strength and dedication um and yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to shine a light on it really there's lots of um figures throughout history as well that I mentioned like um, I mentioned Cleopatra I mentioned Marilyn Monroe um, who've all got different traits in them that Mm. um, sort of aspects of feminism I guess that sort of um, almost almost royal um, royal traits that Cleopatra carries a sort of grace and poise and then there's sort of the flirty sexiness of Marilyn Monroe when you think of, of women with feminine energy, you think of all those things, but you probably don't think of them as, as being as strong as a drug or a medicine. So. Yeah, yeah. I like the song. And I'm sure anyone who hasn't listened to the song, if you go on Spotify or Apple Music or any other digital streaming platform, you'll uh, you'll like it too. So it's uh, it came out last month, I think, didn't it? The end of February, 20, it 24th, 25th? Yeah, it came out 20, 25th of Feb. 
um, sort doing, of not intentionally. Really well. It's doing really, really well. Yeah, it's doing quite well. It's got it's got um, it's picked up by some blogs and things. Um, so I'm proud of it. I sort of um, I put it out last year. After, I'll put it out this year after last year winning uh, a competition with Hyper Tribe. Um, oh, okay. If you haven't heard of it, this this network for uh, musicians and independent artists, where it's sort of like a community forum uh, where people sort of share tips and share their releases. And uh, the Hyper Tribe who run who run the network and run the forum uh, provide these opportunities quite a lot. And one of these was um, a fully funded professional mix and master funded by Arts Council England. Oh, okay, that's nice. So these things. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good opportunity. And Norman, I think the um, the mix of master was from Ten uh, DB, who's mixed everybody that you're from, like Kylie to Lily Allen to Sia. He's he's mixed big, lots big. and lots of really talented big artists. Yeah. You know, he's got the best equipment, the best skills. So I think normally his services run between like two or three grand. I was just about to say it's not um... it's expensive. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not cheap. something that independent self-funded people could could do by themselves so um yeah so part of uh, arts council funding project um, they ran a competition last year i think it was 10 or 15 people to get a uh, song mix and mastered so i entered the competition and, and won one of the spots which and is brilliant man De- deserve, yeah. deservingly as well thank you yeah it was really it was really cool was so interesting to work with somebody who's who's worked with obviously lots of some big people um to see how he works he's very obviously very professional very um detailed but he still sort of came back to me um, and checked everything as if i was a big client mm. it was like wow this is this is very very different it was um yeah he was even though obviously i was getting it for free it was still i felt like one of his bigger clients. It was it was really interesting. Yeah, it just shows it just shows like the professional side as well. Not to say so that you're not professional, professional, but you know, there's professional, then there's ten grand per session. Exactly. If that and makes he sense. Thought, he'd send me like three or four different versions and say, "I've done these three or four mixes. Which do you prefer? Do you like anything within them? We can tweak it." It was that level of detail. You're like, mm. "Wow, this is next level. This is how you make a major great record label." Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, but it's it's good to see that side of things. But then, obviously, not to sort of to downplay the other things that you do as a as an independent artist as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like you know, don't like some people would see that and think, well, I need to get to that level. Do you know what I mean? And, and there's a path that you have to take to get from A to Z, and it's just not. And you know this already. It's not a case you just maneuver from A to Z. There's you know B, C, D, E, etc. to go before you get there. And yeah, and um, it's never linear either. You think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had su- success with things like getting added to Spotify playlists or getting on a blog or whatever, um, or playing at a festival, and th- and then you it doesn't automatically launch your career. Mm. You do, and it feels like oh, I'm backsliding, or oh, I haven't put anything out. Like I said, I felt that pressure. Like oh, I need to keep going, keep going, keep going. But actually, your success and progress is never is never linear. You're always gonna um, go up and down, and yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's actually more about enjoying it. I was hearing listening to a podcast. Have you um have you been watching Dragons Den recently? I haven't. I haven't. Um, I've oh, watched The Apprentice, but not not Dragons Den. Okay, so um, 
on the new Dragon's Den, they've got a new guy called Stephen Bartlett. Oh, yeah, yeah. Diary you know of the CEO. Yeah. yeah. So I was listening to his podcast, which is quite interesting. He gets lots of uh, different business people on, YouTubers and, and those kind of things. So um, I was listening to him about the journey of trying to make it in business or music or whatever it is you're doing. And there's this sort of fallacy or arrival fallacy of once you reach your goal, once you achieve what you set out to do, um, you're kind of lost. You don't know what to do with yourself, which I thought was just so true. And the yeah. fact that we're all, um, I think as, as artists and musicians, you've got these big goals in your head, but once you reach them, what are you going to do? If your goal is to get signed, once you're signed, well, what are you going to do to keep that moving? Because lots of people get signed never put anything out, get stuck in these contracts um, or you get signed and it goes well, but then they don't have, they don't have any material ready. So it's that forward think, look, isn't it? Like knowing exactly, what's around the corner think, before you do. And thinking what if I, or when I achieve my goals, cause I'm putting the right actions in place for that to happen. What, what's going to happen then? What do I want to, to carry on with and move forward with? Mm, it's true. True. I have. I've seen some of the diary uh, the, the episodes. Um, yeah. I've seen. Well, I think, um, to be fair, I think I watched the Matt Hancock one, which was not oh, a good one. That was good. <laughs> it was good, but for the wrong reasons. Um, uh, there was another one I watched recently as well. Um, oh, I can't. Remember. Oh, phones for you. The guy who sort of diary um, of a CEO. Yeah. With, um, yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten the, the phones for you guys name. Yeah, yeah. The phones for you one was, was good as well. There, there's a couple that I've, I think I've listened to, um, but I like to watch them. Like I like to visually watch them. Some, some podcasts I like to listen to, but those mm. ones for some weird reason, I have to visually watch them. So, um, isn't it just like in his dining room though? Yeah. Not yeah, much yeah. Like that. yeah. I think so. It's like in his, yeah, because I've seen like behind the scene clips and he's almost in like an open plan kitchen sort of yeah. dining area. And it, you'd think it's like a, a setup, like, like a studio, but yeah, mm. I think it's his, uh, it shows the wealth that he's, he's, he's bathed in at the moment. But um, yeah, before, before we wrap up, obviously I have to ask what yes. um, is, is round the corner as we've just spoken about forward luck and all of that stuff. Um, what's round the corner for 2022 um, in terms of the next couple of months for, for yourself? Yeah, so next couple of months are looking good. I've got a, um, a five-track EP coming out in April, 22nd of April, and it'll be called Pastel. Um, okay. And the links for that will be on my Instagram and social media very soon um, for people to, to pre-save. But that's a collaborative EP with a producer called Charles Edison, um really really talented guy uh, also based in in south london as well um and his thing is um kind of similar going back to what i did with deep art on divine it's like that sort of lo-fi chill rap um i don't know if you know like beats to study to yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. sort of feel um to the music and i've just tried to sort of complement it with the vocals i don't want to take away from the sound on that because it's such beautiful music but i just want to sort of sprinkle sprinkle a little bit of vocal on top decorate it um so it doesn't take away from from the beauty of the songs too much but that will be coming out it's called pastel and it's coming out 22nd of april and then working on a couple of tracks for summertime late summer um i'm i'm kind of at a crossroads at the moment i don't know whether to carry on with the sort of lo-fi chill um route 
or a bit of pop and a bit of groove and a bit of funk or if I do a blend um I've really enjoyed uh the weekend's new um, yeah, music. Yeah. So kind of that sort of that sort of style but with with the chill elements as well is what I'm what I'm going for yeah and I suppose with, with like we've always said with music there's no rules so you know whatever you go into a studio or however, wherever you record you know whatever you feel there's no right or wrong so whichever direction your music takes you I'm sure it'll be on the same level um you know in terms of quality as to what you've put out in the past and you know definitely looking forward to the, the new music coming in in April as well um so yeah we'll, we'll keep an eye out for the the pre-save link and you know all, all that stuff as well but just before we we go um where, where can people find you on instagram or i don't know what socials you use or what what platforms you're on but where can people find you yeah as uh as independent musicians and artists you know we have to be on everything <laughs> so i am on literally everything like apart from twitch uh that's probably one for me to try but i'm on uh, my music's on Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, um, Facebook still. Uh, so that everything's under the same name. It's Kinoa, spelled K-I-N-N-O-H-A. You're not messing around. You're no. on everything. <laughs> I have to be on everything <laughs> yeah, no, don't blame you but yeah. um but no appreciate you coming on obviously like i said before make sure you go and listen to women our medicine um latest song that's out now and obviously looking forward to the new ep that's coming out soon as well april but um yeah appreciate you taking the time out and coming back on the podcast almost a year to the day well thank you so much for having me Thank you very much. And again, we'll talk soon. I'm sure we'll get you on for the third time as well. Um, get the dog yeah. b- dog back involved as well. Oh, the dog. Get best oh, appearance. Gosh. She'll be calmer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take care.